So, first of all, I would like someone who's maybe a little bit sporty to come up and have a present. Is there anyone over here that's a bit sporty and would like a present? Anyone? Yeah? Sarah, come on up. Have a present. Are you going to open it? <laughs> right. What is it? What is it? Badminton rack. Okay. Do you want to give it a go? <laughs> go on, let's open it up and have a go. <laughs> Oh, there we go, there's a... Okay. Whee! It's a bit... It's a bit difficult by yourself, isn't it, though? <laughs> Is there someone else that can... Um, play with her? Yes, I can. Yes, hello. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's, uh, yeah, there we go, oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, are you a bit experienced with this, Olive? Ah, okay, <laughs> okay, great, thank you very much, well, Sarah, you get to keep that, your present. <laughs> Okay. Ooh. So, I gave Sarah a present. When she was trying by herself, it was, it was quite difficult, wasn't it? But then Olu stepped forward with two people. It was obviously designed for two people to, you know, to play. And Olu was a bit more experienced, so maybe he can give a few lessons and you know, teach her a bit. And Sarah, final question. What did you do to deserve that? Nothing. No. Well, you came to church this morning, I guess, and you, you, you put your hand up to come to the front and say you wanted it, but there wasn't much else, was there? Right. I've got another gift. Um, Monica. <laughs> this, one's, this one's a little bit smaller. Okay, I've got to warn you. A little bit smaller, a little bit of a smaller gift, a little bit of a smaller gift. Here you go. What's that? An apple seed, yeah. Right. What do we need with an apple seed? Yeah, we've got some soil here. Trowel probably helps. I'm going to plant it. I know you're a keen gardener, so that's why he's doing that. There we go. Okay, yeah. Okay, pro gardener there. Yeah, you planted it. Okay, give it a bit of water. Yeah, there we go. That's all right. It's got the thing lined there. Okay, lovely. We'll keep that at the front and you can come and pick it up at the end. <laughs> Thank you.
So what I've given Monica there is even better than a badminton set, isn't it? It might seem like a tiny seed, but in a few years' time, she's going to get hundreds of apples for a hundred years. Yeah? So I've given her a lifetime supply of apples. Do you like apples? Oh, good. <laughs> okay. So, maybe you're wondering, well, that's great, but what on earth has this got to do with, <laughs> with church? It's a bit of a weird way to start a sermon, isn't it? And um, I actually had a dream about this a few months ago, and I was preparing a different sermon, and yesterday that dream came back to mind, and I thought, oh, I've, God's wanting me to do this one instead. So, that's what we're doing today. So, what we're doing today, we're going to look at the difference between spiritual presence and spiritual fruits, or spiritual fruit trees. Yeah? Spiritual presence, spiritual fruit trees, or spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. And I've been a Christian for quite a while, but it wasn't until a few years ago that I really understood the difference of these and how important it actually is. And when we start to follow Jesus, he's much more generous than I am, because he doesn't just give a cheap badminton set or an apple seed, he gives good gifts, different gifts to all of us, everyone who comes to him. And he also gives everyone the same fruit, the same seed. So different gifts, same seed, the seed of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the spiritual fruit, the spiritual seed first. He talks about this in Galatians. I'm sure many of us know the verse. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah? And the word love here is, as in the rest of the Bible, it's not like a, you know, a romantic attraction. It's a self-sacrificial love, like Jesus showed us on the cross. And an important thing here is, it's one spirit, it's one fruit. It's not seven fruits, one fruit. And imagine you've never seen a pear before and someone's trying to explain it to you. They might say, well, it's kind of like an apple, but it's a bit longer and it tastes a bit different, it's a bit juicier. It's, that's what Paul's doing here. He's saying there's one fruit and these are the kind of things it looks like. These are the kind of attributes it has. It's kind of like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's the one, the one thing from the one seed, and it, over time it starts to look like this particular fruit, which we've never seen before. So if we think of our hearts, our spiritual hearts, as like a garden, when we come to Jesus, he comes in and he starts cultivating it. Now, uh, we were with Paul the other night, and um, he was showing some pictures of when he went into someone's house and cleared their garden. Before, it was full of weeds and stones and rocks, and he went in and he dug them all up and cleared it. And afterwards, it was nice, good soil. That's what Jesus does when he comes into our lives. He starts to clear the, the mess that we've got in our hearts. And he, he plants a small seed, tiny seed, in the middle of it, the Holy Spirit. A bit of himself, really. And one day, this will grow into a big tree that has all of this good fruit coming from it. So, let's think back to the apple tree. What's needed for the apple tree? What did we need to do? 
Soil, yeah. Soil and water and maybe fertilizer and feeding, yeah. That's all very important. What else was needed? Sunshine, yeah, absolutely. What else? Time, yes. A long time. Has it done anything yet? Still just soil. Yeah, time. And obviously, we needed the seed as well. You can't have an apple tree unless it starts with an apple seed. So Jesus comes, he plants this seed in our garden, the Holy Spirit. When we come to him, he gives us that. Can't get it any other way. And he comes and we need God's help to come in and start getting rid of the weeds and the, all the other things that might cause it to not, to not to grow. It takes a bit of time and effort. I mean, we don't have to do it all the time, but we have to do it sometimes to kind of just make sure that the garden's clean. We know this from maybe if we've got a garden ourselves. And when we come to faith, I don't know what your experience is, but I started, I've noticed, I just get more and more sensitive. It's like my conscience starts saying, well, you used to think that was okay, but actually you should do it a bit differently. We, we, we become more sensitive as his tree grows in us. And as Gareth said, it takes a long time. It's not like Jack and the Beanstalk where, you know, he plants the seed and overnight it turns into a massive thing that has all of this fruit. It takes a long time, doesn't it? So a good seed, good soil and water, and time makes abundant good fruit. And that fruit looks something like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So why is it important to know that this is a fruit rather than a present? Well, there's a few reasons. I think the first one is, a present is instant. Sarah was able to take it and play with it straight away and you know she can learn over time. This one's gonna take a few years to do anything. Yeah? And we're in an instant culture now, aren't we? Like if I just go on my phone, I can order food, I can order a holiday, I could, I could order anything I want right now, instantly. But I'm yet to find an app where a farmer can go on and say, I want a field of wheat. Even with technology, that just doesn't happen, does it? It takes time, it takes a season, it takes a year. And the problem with slow growth, rather than an instant present, is that it's difficult to see if you don't look for it. Maybe at the beginning, you can look day by day and it's growing and it's growing. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure we all did that as, as kids or something. But the difference between a five-year-old tree and a six-year-old tree, there's not, there's not much difference there, is there? And I think it's the same for us. This is fine, this is normal. Sometimes we think, oh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm really growing. But if you think back a few years, oh yeah, actually, there's quite a big difference there. We have to look over a longer period. That's why it's important to know this is a fruit rather than a gift. The second thing is, spiritual fruit is not optional for Christians, yeah? So there's lots of different gifts. You might have some, you might have others. You might not have the gift of prophecy, but you can't say, oh, I've not got the gift of love. That's not optional, that's a fruit, that's not a gift. Oh, I can't do self-control. I can do the prophecy bit and so on. I can't do the self, no, that's a fruit. That's not a, that's not a gift, yeah? So it's important to know which one's which. And 
The other one that's important to think about is you don't get much of a harvest if you don't look after it. Now you need to keep on cleaning the stones, make sure the weeds don't come back. It takes a bit of work, not all the time. We don't have to 100% focus on our gardens. But, you know, if you leave it a few years, it's not going to be in a very good situation. It takes some work, doesn't it? And it's one thing to know, oh, I need to forgive someone. It's very different to actually do that, isn't it? Yeah? It's the putting it into practice that makes the fruit. That's what's cultivating our garden, isn't it? And you don't say, oh, I want the gift of patience, because that means you're just getting lots of situations where it's really annoying, isn't it? Like, the way we grow with fruits is by difficulty, yeah? That's maybe one of the reasons why church community is sometimes hard. There's different cultures, different people, different thoughts, but it's, it's also good because it's building that spiritual fruit within us. Yeah? So that's the fruit bit. Now, what about the spiritual gifts, the spiritual presence? I'm going to read a passage from 1 Corinthians. Paul, again, he says, there's different kind of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He, the Holy Spirit, distributes them to each one just as He determines. Yeah? We don't have all of the gifts, but together we do have all of the gifts. And I'm sure there's many other ones in this list, because I don't think it's an exhaustive list. I'm sure there's many other gifts that our um, infinite God chooses to give us for the common good to each of us differently as he determines. So, if we think of the badminton racket, the badminton set I gave earlier, if you get it and keep it in the cupboard, there's not really much point in having it, is there? What's the difference between having it and not having it if we don't use it? And if you keep it to yourself, it's okay, but it's not really the point, is it? It's a bit difficult to play badminton by yourself. And that's not really what it was intended for, either. What's intended? You find some friends. You practice. Maybe you find someone that's a bit more experienced, like Olu, and, and you know, you can learn from him. You've got the gift. You need to know how to use it. Maybe you need to find a, a, a Christian that's got the same gift and is, is going to show you how, what they've learned for, it, for how to best use it. Yeah? And it's for the common good, for building us together, building us into community. So, what did Sarah do to earn the badminton set? Not much. No? Came to here on a Sunday? allowed me to give her a gift, you know, received it, said thank you. Didn't do anything to earn it. 
Yeah? We don't do anything to earn it. It's a gift. It's a present. And it's not like the most holy person gets the most gifts. Actually, usually it's the opposite way around. When we come to Jesus, we confess our sins, he starts to give us these presents, these gifts. I guess in England, as Liz said at the beginning, we often give gifts at Christmas. We give them to family and friends, Christmas, birthdays, don't we? But in many other cultures, I don't know what it's like in some of the other cultures in the room, in, in Jesus' day, the point of gifts, well, they didn't have Christmas, did they, in Jesus' day, but, the, <laughs> you know, the point of gifts was to build a relationship with someone. Yeah? You go to someone, you give them a gift. There's no expectation, it's free. They show they honor that person. And then by you taking that gift, saying thank you, using it wisely, you can use it to bless the community so much the better, you're honoring the person who gave the gift. Yeah? So it builds a relationship. You honor someone, and they honor you back. And this is how relationships are built in many cultures in the world these days. And then that same person would go and give another gift to someone else, and another gift to someone else. And they'd all be honoring that same person. And he'd expect, well, I've given all these gifts to these other people. These are the people that I've, I like. These are the people that I've given gifts to. They need to work together. They're part of my little group, my friends, my community. Yeah? And in the time when Paul wrote this letter, the technical name for this was called Gifts of Grace. Yeah? Gifts of Grace, charisma in Greek. So the point of a gift of grace is the giver gives it to someone to honor them. That person uses that gift to honor the giver. Might give it to lots of different people to build a community of people together. And Paul's saying that's exactly what God has done to each of us to form the church. Charisma, gifts of grace. So, spiritual gifts are freely given. They're not earned. And they're given with the aim of building our relationship with Jesus, building our relationship with other people who follow Jesus, with the church. And you can't really say, oh, I don't have any spiritual gifts. You do. Maybe you don't recognize them yet. Maybe you didn't unwrap them yet. But God says he's given everyone who follows him spiritual gifts. Sometimes it's obvious what they are, sometimes it's not. If you think, oh, I don't really have any of those, then let's pray to God and say, well, what, what have you given us? What more do you want to give? How can I use them more for you? And there's another thing with gifts, isn't there? If someone gives you a bicycle for Christmas and you just leave it over there, you don't magically get fit, yeah, unfortunately. It's not enough to say, oh, yeah, my gift is prophecy and evangelism or something like that, if you never practice them. They'll just stay, you know, what's the point of unwrapping them? What's the point of having them? The whole point of the gifts is to use them to bless the world and to bless each other, to honor Jesus. And this is where there's a bit of confusion sometimes between gifts and fruit, isn't there? Because often we might look at someone prophesying at the front or teaching and we must think, oh, they're so gifted. They must be such an amazing Christian. Yeah? Well, it's not it. It was a gift. Maybe they've practiced it a bit more. It was a gift from God. He's given the same to you. 
And as you get to know people like that, and I've had the honor of knowing many people like this, you notice that actually they have different struggles to you. They have the same, we all have struggles, we all have difficulties. No one's perfect, no matter how good a, a, they are at prophesying or praying in tongues or interpreting or whatever else. It's, we all have different struggles. We're all saved by grace. It's not about the gifts that we have or how we use them. It's about being in a relationship with Jesus. And as Christians, we can often have very neat ideas about what a Christian should look like. And so maybe there's some Christian groups that say, oh, you're only a true Christian if you can pray in tongues. Now that's because there's a confusion. Tongues is a, is a, is a gift. What you need to look at, Jesus says, is the fruit. That takes a long time. It's not as instant as a gift, is it? It takes a long time to see any progress there. But that's what we need to be looking at in ourselves. So when we were leading a church in Turkey, um, we would have people come in and come to faith. And they come from very difficult backgrounds with mental health issues and addictions and all sorts of things. And they come to Jesus and they say, wow, this is amazing. I want to follow him. And there were some maybe more traditional Christians in our church that said, okay, right, well, you've become a Christian now. You need to stop, um, you need to stop smoking. You need to get rid of your tattoos. You need to be like this. You need to you know, speak differently. You need to, and actually that's very unhelpful because that's looking at the outside and that's thinking like, oh, what does a Christian look like to me? What we said was, actually, we don't really care about the outside because five years time, 10 years time, that will change if the Holy Spirit is really working in their hearts, if they've received these spiritual fruits. Over time, the outside will change to what God wants it to be. Who am I to say what that is? And in Turkey as well, we would often see many people repenting, coming to faith, and receiving the most incredible spiritual gifts. They would be, you know, able to cast out demons and prophesy and everything pretty much on day one. It's incredible to see. But the really important thing we saw, if someone is really going to be strong with Jesus, is after five years, have they been able to really, truly forgive someone that hurt them? That's when we knew, oh, yes, this person is really following Jesus. That's the important thing, isn't it? It's not about what you can do up front or what gifts God chose to give you. It's about the slow, steady growth of the tree. So Paul says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. They're good. It's not like, oh, yeah, no, they're all rubbish. We don't need, we don't need them. They're not important. No, earnestly desire them. And then he says, and now I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have sacrificial love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, I have faith and I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, I deliver my body to be burnt, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And he says, love, self-sacrificial love, never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So now faith, hope, love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. 
pursue self-sacrificial love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, he says. So what's he saying there? The gifts are good. We should want them. We should ask God for more. We should use them to bless ourselves and each other. But the most important thing is the spiritual fruit, the fruit that's like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says here, actually, in the big picture, when the perfect comes, the new creation of the world, only our spiritual fruit tree is going to remain. Only is the fruit. The gifts were good. They were for a season. They're for a time. What's the point of prophecy, like hearing from God and sharing it with people, when we'll all see God face to face? Why do we need miraculous healing, deliverance, when there's going to be no more sickness or death? Why do we need the gift of tongues when we'll be surrounded by people from every tribe and nation and language and we'll be able to just understand and speak with them? We won't need any of these things. The important thing in the long term is the fruit. We'll need the love. We'll need patience, gentleness, kindness, joy forever. So let's eagerly desire these gifts. They're good. Let's desire them now. Let's work on them. But more importantly, let's strive after looking after our hearts, tending to the fruit, to the seed, to the tree that Jesus has planted in us. Okay? I'm going to pray now. Jesus, thank you that you are a generous giver. Thank you that you give us all kinds of different gifts, and you give us and help us to look after and care for this seed, this tree of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. I pray for each of us now, please help us to be clearer on what our gifts are, what you've given us, and what you want to give us. Please help us to be using them more for your glory and for serving each other and for blessing the world. And Please help us especially to look after our fruit tree that you have planted. Help us to be listening to you about what things in our lives we need to change, what rocks we need to move, what weeds we need to pull out. Please make us more and more aware, more sensitive to your Holy Spirit day by day. We want to honor you in this. In Jesus' name, amen.